This is the Frontier Freedom Hour, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. All right, Jeff Hunt, Tom Copeland of the Centennial Institute doing a little analysis on the debate that took place this week and the conversation of Donald Trump with Tucker Carlson. What's happening in this election? How are things shifting? And what are the major policies and political issues are going to be rising to the top in this election? So if you missed any of it, go back to Frontier Freedom Hour, FrontierFreedomRadio.com. Sorry, FrontierFreedomRadio.com. You can download the podcast there. All right, so one of the issues that was really the big one, and it's going to be the biggest for the left in this election, is the issue of abortion. It came up, and, and there were differences. There's pretty significant differences of opinion during the debate that took place on Fox News among the Republican candidates. Because the truth is everything's changed on the ground right now with regards to abortion since the fall of Roe v. Wade. And it's not good for those that are pro-life. I mean, they're, they're really losing in a lot of capacities. And there'll be major elections in Ohio trying to uh, solidify abortion into the Constitution. You're going to see that in Colorado here in the next few years as well. So pro-lifers are not winning uh, some of the candidates, like Nikki Haley, during the debate said, I don't think it's the role of the federal government, or I don't even think that the federal government could pass a, a nationwide ban on abortion. Other candidates agreed. The candidate from North Dakota, the governor there, said, uh, you know, we need to leave it entirely to the states. Others, I want to say Mike Pence, Asa Hutchinson, Tim Scott— said, no, 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 these are justice issues. I think in California, when they put this into their constitution, nearly one-third of Republicans voted to constitutionalize abortion into, into their state constitution, protect that. So uh, the left sees this as a big winning issue for them. Every time it's on the ballot, it drives women out. It drives moderates, independents in their favor. And so... They're going to be putting this in one analysis from Susan B. Anthony List on six state ballots during this next election in 2024. So you're going to see this out there. But what was interesting to me is that there's not a conservative consensus on what to do nationally about this. They're, they're willing to all say, all the candidates, they're personally pro-life, but some are saying no, this is a life or death moral justice issue. We must be willing to take a stand nationally on this. Others saying either for reasons like it, there's no way it'll get through the Senate, or they just believe it's a state-by-state state issue like the governor of North Dakota said. That was interesting. There's no real consensus to that. We're going to have to work through that. Tom, director of research, what did you make of that conversation, particularly on abortion during the debate? Well, I think it reveals that really deep divide in, in the pro-life movement. Um, and th there are folks on the left who are pro-life as well. We want to be clear that there are, there are pro-life Democrats That's right. uh, as well as pro-life Republicans. Um, but for the pro-life movement, it's really it's this complicated question or this conundrum of what is right versus what wins. And it can be very hard. I mean, I agree. It's, I mean, to allow, in some ways, to allow individual states to decide it's okay to murder a baby until the moment it's born, like Colorado is doing. I still think that's, I, I agree with Tim Scott, it's a justice issue, it's a moral issue, uh, it should be banned. 
What wins? I don't know. Could Colorado eventually get to the point where they might reconsider banning late-term abortions? Okay, that's maybe a winning strategy as a, as a goal for people in states like Colorado and other places to, to work towards. So there's just not a lot of agreement. I mean, for so many years, we were, we were united by the push against Roe v. Wade. Um, and, you know, it came tumbling down so fast. We've been expecting it with the conservative court, but it, it happened in some ways so quickly that it's not that the pro-life movement is in, is in disarray. I think it's just that there are a lot of different opinions on it. And so you see that in the candidates, right? I'm personally pro-life. It's a moral, it's a justice issue, but I'm concerned what we can actually accomplish. And they're aware of, I mean, the, the key voters for the general election are, uh, are basically female voters in suburban areas. They call them the callers around uh, big city areas. And so, you know, I think Mike Pence is right. It's a moral issue. There should be a federal law against abortion. But Nikki Haley is also right. You can't turn off, you know, large chunks of women by being too too harsh about it. You have to figure out a way to make abortion less attractive. And then you have people like our local governor, uh, uh, Jared Polis, who, although he's, you know, probably one of the most pro-choice governors in the state, recently said abortion is wrong. So um, it's complicated, a complicated environment. Jen Psaki tweets out right after the debate that no one wants to support abortion up until birth. And I'm like, you have not been in Colorado. (laughs) I mean, it is... It is one, they claim it's healthcare, so they're trying to destigmatize any, you know, abortion issue, even up until the moment of birth. So if it's just healthcare, why does it matter? Of course you could do it right up until birth. It's no different than, you know, clipping your fingernails. Um, and so uh, that divide, even within the left, where you still have some that seem to claim to that kind of Clinton esque, you know, safe, rare notion of abortion. Um, and then you have the new left, which is going, no, 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 we shout our abortion. It's health care. It's no real big deal. We're going to try to destigmatize it altogether. Um, Tom, I want to ask you this question. Do you think that experience still matters when it comes to running for president? That was one of the prime debates between Vivek, Chris Christie, and Nikki Haley yesterday. Wow, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, I think, I mean, Trump obviously is not just the elephant in the room, but he's the latest example of someone who's a Washington outsider who comes in. And I would say, if you try, if you look back at his at his administration as a whole, he had some policy wins. He followed through on quite a few of his campaign promises and so on. Um, but he went in thinking that it was as easy to drain the swamp as simply like pulling the plug in your bathtub, and it would just drain away. And he found that, no, you've got to work with Congress. You've got, there's a lot of stuff to try to do behind the scenes to actually drain the swamp. And so Vivek, you know, sounds like Trump in that. I'll go in and I'll abolish, you know, he sounds like uh, Rick Perry of Texas. I'll abolish all these different department, departments and so on in Washington. Um, but it's just not that easy. Um, so I think it's, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think experience still matters. I think it's important for someone to have some experience in foreign policy to know how the world works, but that's because I'm a foreign policy junkie. So um, I think that's important. A lot of folks, though, when they voted for Trump in 2016, said, no, actually, not having experience in government is good. Having experience in business is a major plus. And so that was interesting in the debate this week. Both Burgum 
and Ramaswamy have are successful, you know, multi-billionaire uh, entrepreneurs. So it's a it's a new it's a new feature, and I think Vivek's youth actually um, is in his favor right now. Uh, you know, he's he's forty years younger than Trump, basically, hmm. um, and so he definitely is a new generation of entrepreneur. And so I think he's on the rise. I don't I don't know that he's going to. Uh, present any kind of a challenge to Trump, but he may very well take over from DeSantis in the number two position. What stands out to me about Vivek Ramaswamy is his clarity in his communication and his decisiveness. So at two points, they asked them to raise their hand, one on whether or not you would still support Donald Trump if he was found guilty of these indictments, and his hand shot straight up. And then there was another component where his hand shot straight up as well. I think the younger generations value direct, clear communication more than the older generations do. And you see that. That's what strikes me as the single biggest generational difference on that stage is you had, I think the older generations probably honored a almost kind of reflective thoughtfulness Right, So you see that with Chris Christie where he takes a second to think about the question and then will either raise his hand or not. Asa Hutchinson was the same way. By the way, we had Larry Elder, Asa Hutchinson at the 2023 Western Conservative Summit. Really appreciate those guys taking the time to come out and talk with Colorado voters. I'm not going to spend much time on my frustration about the fact that most Republicans are ignoring the state anymore, um, which, you know, again, we're not in the business of getting anybody elected. But when you're trying to have conversations around policy and both sides decide that, you know, we're just not going to engage in the state of Colorado that much, that's frustrating to me. I want to have – I would have loved to have both Joe Biden, Donald Trump, uh, all of those candidates uh, that were on the stage. We would have loved to have them because we want that type of engagement. But anyways, what kind of struck me was just how clear Vivek is. Tom, we've got about a minute. You worked with students. Is that a value you think students have, that type of clarity, that type of, of direct answer that Vivek Ranswamy gave during the, during the debate? Absolutely. They like clarity. They don't like long form. Now, they will listen to a podcast, uh, hopefully like, uh, like this radio show, um, but they like things clear, simple, direct, and they like hearing both sides of an issue. Um, right. I really like to, to get back and talk to some students and see how many of them actually watch the debate because they want to see both sides of it. They don't want to just hear a pro-life speaker. They want to hear someone who's pro-choice. They don't want to hear just a capitalist. They want to hear a socialist. So I think to reach out to the younger generation, the conservatives have to be open to arguing and winning debates. We've got to show that our, that our arguments are actually stronger, but in a toe-to-toe battle. I, I really do think TikTok has changed the way people's brains work. Um, they want that direct information as quickly as possible. No fluff. Give it to me. What do you believe? They respect that. And I think that's why Vivek is doing so well right now, especially among younger generations. All right. This is the Frontier Freedom Hour. We've got one segment left. I want to talk about how we need to create better statesmen Moving forward, if you're frustrated by the direction of this country, how do we do it? Well, we're doing it at Colorado Christian University. We'll be right back after these messages.